Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. That's right. Welcome to the Fantasy Focus Baseball for Thursday, April 18th, 2019. I am indeed Eric. He is indeed Fantasy Baseball Savant Tristan, and we are joined today by our own versatile Marlon Gonzalez and Kyle Sapi, and the always appropriate Daniel Dot pushes all or some of the buttons. I really don't know. They're somewhere else. Uh, on today's show, we'll recap the week so far with the performances and injuries of note, plus uh, the closer situations and the combo meals, as always, a week in preview. And later on, Kyle will read myriad hash browns so Tr- Tristan can answer them. And like he does, you will surely win your leagues because Tristan wins all his leagues. How you doing so far, buddy, <laughs> after three weeks? Are you winning every league or do, do you kind of like lie in the weeds and wait until like July to embarrass everybody else? I lie in the weeds and wait until July. <laughs> <laughs> well, he admits that. I didn't even think I'd get that out of him. <laughs> yeah. All right. After all these years, I got to admit it. I'm like, I'm one of those guys who likes to wait in the weeds. <laughs> Come on. Wow. I am not exp- – this is a new Tristan. A new ego Tristan. Not sure I like what it. What else can I say when I've got a dynasty league team? Oh, I'm sorry. A dynasty league team. That's probably explains why I'm in 11th place in that one. Yeah, I, I'm in last in the office league. You, you, every year in the office league, you wait until like July or August and then you just zoom past don't, everybody. Don't I don't think I'm going to be a threat. <laughs> I'm not a threat this year in that league. But like in a couple other leagues, I'm, in, I'm doing well. I'm in first and I'm realizing like – I'm not looking at the standings per se. I mean, like in labor and I'll only labor. I basically only go to the site on Sunday just to, mm-hmm. you know, pick up, you know, put in bids for players. And I see the standings and tout. I get a daily email tout wars. I'm an NL or I'm in. Yeah, I'm an NL there. I'm in mix there. And, uh, you know, I see I'm doing OK. And I'm like, you know, does that matter? I could be, you know, an eighth and it wouldn't really make a difference. You know, certain players are going to get better. Certain players are going to get worse. Michael Franco's not hitting 50 home runs, people. So, like, if I've got him, I know that. But um, anyway, it's nice to be doing well in April as opposed to being in last. <laughs> so, but don't right? get cozy there. Yeah. I mean, it's okay, too. I've, I do have a team that's in first place, and I don't want to get cozy with that. The, no, the key that's here, that, a big The key with the standings really is just make sure you're, you're that, that the standings aren't identifying a particular weakness of your roster that you won't be able to escape in a month. That's really the only thing that the standings should be telling. Right. Like, I think in, like, like in ESPN leagues, I look at the standings a little bit more because I, it can be more active. And in a 12-team NL only, I'm not making a trade in April. And if I'm deficient in something, there's only so much I can do. There's no free agents ever available. I've already used half my money in that league on, on a player. Uh, and tal- it's almost like the draft almost didn't matter that much because, like, everybody's picking up five players every week. We have so much fab money. Uh, in ESPN, in the Vampire League – which you won last week and stole Manny Machado, if memory serves. Manny Machado, yes. In that league, I, I can pick up whoever I want on Sunday night, uh, although there's just not enough to, players to pick up. Um, so I don't know. I'm wasting time. Uh, lots to get to on today's show. Here's the buzz. All right. I'm going to name five hot hitters over the past week or over the past three weeks, and you tell me sell high, buy – you know, obviously not buying low, yep. but like – not every player off to a good start, you're trying to trade away. You know, some players, they might keep this up. Like right. the first Let's yay or nay it. Why don't we yay or nay yeah, it? Yeah, yay or nay it. And then we'll get to the injuries. I hate leading with the injuries, especially when it's a guy doing something that you or I could have done and have probably done. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love the question on Kyle's note for that. Oh, we'll see what the answers are. Anyway, go ahead. Let's do that. the What's the dumbest thing I've been hurt doing? I'm going to think about that. I know mine already, so we'll, we'll right. get to that. Let's um, do the so, yay or nay first. All right, yay or nay. Marcelo Zuna, five homers in four days, eight for the season. He didn't hit his eighth home run last year until mid-June. Yay or nay? I'll, I'll yay it. Uh I like what I see so far. Eight barrels already, 46 last year, so we're already well ahead of what pace. What is it with him? Like, he's inconsistent from year to year, from day to day. Like, yeah. he's very inconsistent. I, I, I wonder whether there is a true 100% health here lurking beneath the surface, because that explained part of last year. And maybe there have been times where that's been an issue already this season. So I've got some concerns there, and I'm not going to sing the praises of a top 50 overall player. But I, I like what I see, and I'm generally an optimist with the Zuna. Uh, Jack Peterson of the Dodgers, uh, kind of in a platoon, and he shouldn't be f- facing lefties. We don't want him facing lefties. It'll just hurt his batting average. He might hit, like, two home runs for the season that way, but we want him to be, you know, sitting against them. But he's homering against righties. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to yay-ish this one because you, you identified the concerns I'd have. It's playing time, platooning, and if I could cash in the chip for an outrageous price in our standard game, I would probably do it. But I, I do think – I do believe. I do think he's legit. All right, next, Tristan. Hunter Dozier. Uh, we knew he had power. Couldn't always make contact, but he's hitting for power, including one in extra innings yesterday. This is another yes-ish for me, and I'm glad he came up because I've noticed 12% cut off his chase rate. That's pretty substantial. He's not swinging at non-strike. Swinging strike down is more down more than 5%. That's a substantial cut. It's a small sample, yes, but there might be something here. I got to ask, like, what sample are you talking about? Three weeks? Like, that's enough of a sample for you to, no, like, no. notice but, something? But, again, those numbers represent a pretty significant shift. When a guy moves more than 5% off the swinging strike rate, that's a huge number, and I expect that to regress to the mean a little bit. But there's enough here to suggest that there's something small sample. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the year that settles at closer to 2%. But if he shaves 2% off, that's huge. Tim Anderson. He almost hit a fan with his bat yesterday after and, the home run. I'm a, I'm a no on him just because I, I think Tim Anderson is who he is, and this is not the first time he's done this in April. He he tore it up at the beginning of last year, too, and then he regressed. And Kevin Pillar, who is not getting a whole lot of base hits, but when he hits it, he hits it over the fence or he gets on first base and steals second. He's no-ish for me just because I, I think Pilar is what we talked about last week. He's the 260-15-15 candidate who plays a lot because of the glove. All right, let's move on to the injuries uh, portion of the show. Blake Snell, the awesome Tampa Bay Rays lefty who won the Cy Young last year, fractured his toe. So he gets out of the shower, yep. all right, and he sees, like, some behemoth piece of furniture on the other end of the shower. I don't know what kind of shower he's got. And he tries to lift it, and it's in, like, three pieces. He described this to the reporters yesterday. I read all through it. I, I'm into it. And he broke his toe. And, you know, we've done dumb things, all right? I mean, what's the dumbest <laughs> thing you've done to get hurt? I've done dumb things. I'll sure. answer it if you answer it. <laughs> I want. All right. My dumbest was that uh, I was painting a mural in 12th grade and in creating a mask for said mural so that we didn't paint on one area. I wasn't watching where I was going and I took an X-Acto knife. If you know these, they're the tiny little knives. And I cut straight down and it went through the fingertip. Oh, okay. Yikes. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I was not I was not pleased Yikes. with that. Stop. I'm sure you do things dumb every day. I do so. a ton of dumb stuff, Eric. I got to tell you, when I was seven years old, I was chasing my cat, Scotty, around the house, and he went around a corner, and I went to go around a corner, and I kicked the corner of the wall, and I broke my toe chasing a cat. Oh. Okay. <laughs> That's dumb. Soppy? When I was uh, waiting for the bus at... Had to have been seventh or eighth grade. I bet my so brother. So like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. End the story right there. Um... <laughs> <laughs> bet my brother that your tongue wouldn't actually get stuck to a oh, pole no. in the cold. Turns out it oh, it does, and it it does. It doesn't come off as easily as it goes on. And if only you'd seen the Christmas story. <laughs> yeah. No movie. Uh... Yeah, watch a movie sometime. Jeez, you have, watched, have you seriously? ever watched a movie? It would have saved me there, I suppose. It really? What? How'd you get it off? What'd you have to do? Yanked it. No. Oh. Yeah. You got a better idea. The bus was coming. I was going to miss my ride. Wait, you don't oh. have a tongue anymore? No. I, How do you talk? Uh, the tongue didn't stay to the pole. It <laughs> Did it affect your taste buds or anything like that? Did like you just... leave part of it? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, some, there was, there was oh. remnants. How much oh, tongue? God. There wasn't. All right, stop it. Because you're off the show, Dom. No, I just want to know. This like, is not the football show. You can't do things like this. Kyle, what's yours? Kyle, I got to know, though. It was not as nasty looking as the one in the Christmas story, I hope. I, I don't have any reference point here, but I'm going to yeah, assume he, no. He's never seen a single movie. Right, it was Tristan. all brown and rusty and yeah, gross. No, 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 oh. not, not that bad, but it did, in fact, stick. So, so the Snell case. might miss only one start, Tristan. Which is hey, you can't dodge yeah, the you question. You can't tell us, not tell us yours. Come yeah, on. yeah. I've never done anything dumb to oh hurt my myself. Gosh, I can't please. Think you work of on this show. Are you kidding me? You had, there has to be something else you've done that's dumb. <laughs> I can't. Nothing jumps to mind. I mean, I shattered my elbow in an ESPN softball game. That was pretty dumb. I went for a fly ball. No, that's, that's pretty. That's dope, is what that is. Did you make the play? He was trying to Kevin Pilar it. That's right. The ball went, was in my glove on a diving catch. And then since I lost feeling in half my body, I. The ball went out of my glove. Okay, that is the dumbest thing you've ever done. You didn't even make the play? That's well, I, I took a year of rehab, two reconstructive surgeries, and I lost it lost my <laughs> nerve in my right arm for a year. So I think the ball leaving my glove, you know, that would make sense. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. That was dumb. You know, and I never played again for the ESPN softball team. They fired me. 
Um, all right. So Blake Snell, Tristan, if you have him in a weekly league, he might pitch next week. I think this is more than one start. It's not like his big toe. That would be a problem. It's like the fourth toe. So and obviously he got rid of the furniture. It's out on the balcony now. So what, uh, <laughs> so he shouldn't get hurt again. Good thing. Yeah. <laughs> this seems like a lot, like a lot of nothing to me. It shouldn't affect performance and he could be back next week. So I don't, I don't panic. I agree. I think it's, it's just a lot of, you know, <laughs> just a lot of noise. And yeah, I, I think he probably will miss more than one start with this, but if it's too big deal. Harrison Bader of the Cardinals, we both like him, I think, uh, yep. for homers and steals. That's a hamstring, probably two weeks there. What's his, is it, is it 2020 upside or is that just crazy? The th- reason I think he comes back and plays center field is they don't have another center fielder. I'm giving up on Dexter Fowler. Tyler Neal's on the injured list as well. Jose Martinez can't play center field, that's for sure. Although if you're going to play Will Myers there, Padres, then I guess anybody can. So, uh, your thoughts on Bader? I actually think he's a really good comp for Pilar. This is the Kevin Pilar show, apparently. Ooh, I like that, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, in addition to just the, the homers and steals numbers you said, he also has that I crush lefties kind of thing that Pilar does. And it's a little more extreme with Bader, so you can capitalize more in the daily leagues. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. And that's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And best of all, listeners to this fine show get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code FFB today. That's promo code FFB for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. And now we're talking about the closers. The The Closer closer carousel. Carousel. All right, Philadelphia, it certainly seems like Hector Neris is the closer. David Robertson hit the injury list on Monday after the deadline in ESPN and every ESPN in every fantasy league, so you couldn't uh, sit him. Uh, right elbow soreness, but they don't think it's a big deal. They, they they sign the guy because every year, 60 appearances, 60 innings without fail, and of course now he gets hurt. Uh, I think it's clearly Hector Neris. They don't trust Sir Anthony Dominguez. I think Adam Morgan will be like a lefty in the ninth, as he was on Wednesday. Hector Neris might get 20 saves. He might, yeah, but we could probably say that for a few different guys for them. And I, I don't, I don't know that any Philly gets to 20 saves. You and I have both talked about that quite a bit. It wasn't the prettiest outing for Neris either yesterday. I think they're going to continue to shuffle this round. Well, he inherited two base runners with one out, so to give up one of the runs, I, you know, it's not really all on him. But he, he th- didn't throw strikes consistently, so that concerned right. me a little bit. Yep. Um, Atlanta. Really glad I wasted money in, in a league on a Rodas Viscaino. Who every year disappoints. Never, still never had a 20 save season. And only once has he suppressed 40 innings. Not going to do it this year. Shoulder surgery. He is out for the season. AJ Minter looks terrible right now. Um, you and I would both agree he is their closer. They're not signing Craig Kimbrell. Enough of this. Every TV show with Kimbrell talk. He wouldn't save the bullpen. I don't know. I think Atlanta might make the stupid move and move one of their starters into the bullpen. And I fear it could be like Soroka or Tuki Toussaint. Uh, it won't be Fultonevich, but like Tristan, let's say, cause I, I know you would d- disagree with me on Minter losing the job, but if Minter does lose the job, who mm-hmm. gets the saves? I feel like right now it's probably Jesse Biddle, but I, I don't feel good about that one. Uh, there's a little bit of chatter in the Atlanta papers that Chad Sabatka could fa- factor as the future closer for them. So that's one thing to keep an eye on just because, you know, he's got the, the pretty decent velocity there with the fastball. He's got a slider. I, I think he's going to have a little bit of a split concern. But down the road, that might be uh, a, a consideration. As you said, the starters, that worries me as well. Bryce Wilson, another name you didn't mention, who I know there's a little chatter they could move him to the bullpen if they need to. Uh, other situations to watch. Jeremy Jeffers is off the injury list from Milwaukee. No safe chances. He pitched the eighth inning with a 6-2 lead, I think it was yesterday. Yep, I still yesterday. think safe chances are coming his way. Uh, Blake Parker is getting all the saves for the Twins. Um, he's like Cody Allen. Oh, where... I disagree with you on that. Oh, come on. He's getting every save chance, literally, Tristan. Nope. No, he's not. Trevor okay. Hildenberger the other day. Uh, Parker was unavailable. 
It's not like Parker pitched the seventh. I, I know. I'm just giving you the literal definition of this. Well, that he's not getting every one. And I literally when available, gonna... it's like same as Cleveland. I mean, obviously Brad Hand was unavailable. He pitched three straight days. So yesterday someone else got the save. Who got the save yesterday for them? You know, he he did have two games out of his past four where he had holds, not saves. Okay. So, so I, I just I do think that, that he's the guy to pick here, and I probably see him getting more opportunities than Neris, who we mentioned before. But I don't think that's going to be a cut and dry one guy. I'm cutting Trevor May. It's not happening. Oh, I, for saves, yes, I agree. I think he's a very good pitcher and, for relief. And, and by the way, I was just totally wrong, which happens all the time, about Ty Butchery of the Angels, who is pitching in like the fifth inning now. What is going on there? I understand mm-hmm. you like Cody Allen more than you should, and Hansel Robles is obviously next in line, but Ty Butchery is pitching in the fifth inning? Right. And like games are losing? That's just, I don't get that. I wrote about Razel Iglesias the other day. I, his slider, he lost two miles per hour off the slider. I don't think it's... It's clearly not David Hernandez. He's pitching like the sixth inning. So it's probably Jared Hughes or Robert Stevenson. That's a guy to watch. Robert Stevenson. Yeah, I like I like you bringing up that name. He's got much better stuff than people think. And I'm back on Barnes over Brazier for the Red Sox. That seems obvious. <laughs> You're going to be waffling on that Red Sox bullpen all year. And I'm not waffling. So. I'm, just, I'm going by what I see. I'm and just that's talk- what Al is doing. They but got problems you, there. You're ping-ponging back and forth between these guys like the Red Sox are probably going to do all year. And Maybe. that's – the other thing, by the way, Brandon Workman. Brandon Workman, I just wrote yesterday about how he's off to a good start, and then he gives up that that grand slam to Brett Carter. You you wrote something? <laughs> What'd you write? <laughs> no, I'm serious. You wrote? It was the uh, note in – it was the note in the closer chart. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go check out the site, see what's posted. Hopefully everything is, and uh, see what you've been writing about, because I'm very interested. Uh, any other save situations you want to discuss? I didn't change any other guys there, no. By the way, really back on the Red Sox for just a minute here. We didn't get to this in the injuries, but Dustin Pedroia, the end is nigh. And um, it seems obvious he can't play through these knee problems. And let's just give him a, a nice clap. I mean, like, I what a career, if this is it. It may not be it, but mm-hmm. it may be it. Like Adrian Beltre went out and Joe Maurer went out. They knew. And uh, what's Boston going to do with second? Now, I, I wrote this today. You might think this is totally nuts, okay? But I don't think they're playing Eduardo Nunez there every day. Brock Holt's on the injury list after his kid hurt him. And I think they might play Steven Pierce there. They're kind of desperate now. And they could trade defense for offense. So Steven Pierce has played 33 games of second base in his career. And Michael Chavez, a young power bat, right-handed, who can't play third because they have a third baseman and can't play first because they have you know a platoon there. Michael Chavez could play some second base. I'm just saying, they're a little desperate. They're already eight games out of first behind Leo Shuffle's team, and maybe they they do something a little bit odd, out of the box. They could, they could, yeah. The only thing that concerns me in that is that I know eventually the Brock Holt, you know, comes into the discussion as a platoon type of guy. I don't know that they could piece together first and second base with platoon men. I feel like in this day of short rosters, that's kind of problematic, especially if you have Nunez on the roster as well. But I, I like see, where you're going there. I want to see them play, call up Michael Chavez and let him play second base every day. I bet he would hit nicely. All right. Okay. But he wouldn't steal. Here are the guys over the past couple of days that have hit homers and stolen bases. Hey, it's a combo meal. Lots of them on Monday. Jose Ramirez with his first home run of the season, and he's up to five steals Yay, now. About time. Is all well or no? Well, we lit a fire under him. I, it's a plus. I, maybe all's well. If you were redrafting today, would he be in your first round? Yep. He would. Yep. He wouldn't for me. I have concerns. And we saw. I challenge you to find ten guys you prefer to have to him. That's that's the challenge accepted. Okay. I mean, he was. I, I viewed the first round this year like the pick five to pick 12 was kind of interchangeable. So if if you tell me Javier Baez was going 12 and Ramirez was going five, yeah, I'll switch them now. I would okay. do that. I would take Alex Bregman over him. Obviously, I can't tra- tra- take Trey Turner over him, but I see what you're getting at. And I probably wouldn't have any pitchers there. Scherzer would be out, uh, though he's going to be fine. Corey Kluber? Mm. Can't. can't. Carlos Carrasco came back from his uh, awful outing where he didn't get out of the first inning. And struck out 12 Mariners over seven innings, no runs, an area run. No homers, Seattle first time this year. Um, that Cleveland rotation is really interesting because uh, Kluber, I, I, I th- think you buy. Clevenger, you can't buy. He's not, he's out for two months. Carrasco, you buy if you could. Bieber, you buy, right? Yep. Who else? And Bauer, we love. Right. 
Uh, other combo meals, Garrett Hampson of the Rockies on Tuesday and Abisail Garcia, who you know very well. Um, <laughs> I do, yeah. So I don't think you can make a great case to roster Garcia in an ESPN standard. He's not a walker, so that, that's a points lead. But even in a roto, he doesn't steal bases. And we don't think he has great power. Tampa, I don't know how they're doing this. It's amazing. Brandon Lau, love him. Love him. Uh, wrote about uh, him today. One note about Garcia quickly is that uh, he does grade – unexpectedly well and i mean excellently in sprint uh the sprint score on statscast okay so stats give me cast <laughs> give me final numbers on avi garcia say it's 500 ppa um 500 i'll give him a 270 average i'll give him 18 home runs i'll give him eight stolen bases that's fair and hampson you know the rockies are going to get a couple players back today as they open a series against the Top NL team, that's in record only, Philadelphia. Um, David Dahl could come back today, and Ryan McMahon. Hampson has no power, but he's a little like DJ LeMay. We should hit for average and steal bases. And uh, But he hit a homer the other day, on the road, too. He should. Uh, I just want him to start drawing some walks and making more contact. Those uh, walk strikeout numbers are bad. And on Wednesday, Michael Conforto and Gerardo Parra. Conforto's a really good player. Um, Gerardo Parra's really not. You don't want to add Parra. Don't do it. Steven Duggar, Parr's team, Parr's on the Giants, right? Uh, Duggar hit uh, home runs the last two days. Are you into that or no? Yeah, D- Duggar was one of those guys who had the minor league launch angle project going on about two years ago, and they dealt with a lot of injuries last season. So a, a low-end sleeper, definitely in the deeper leagues, needs to be discussed. Uh, Scott Kingery's going nuts. He did not steal a base, but uh, just another hitter I thought about. Um, he's going to play probably a couple days this week because Gene Segura hurt a hamstring. I don't think an injury stint is coming, but... Scott Kingery versus Cesar Hernandez this season. Who would you rather have in fantasy? I'd still rather have Cesar Hernandez. Um, you're going to have a better feel of this because you watch more of their bats than I do. But the thing I have a problem with Kingery's hot streak is that there's not a lot of underlying metrics supporting it. The hard contact rate is is extremely low, actually, and he's still hitting a lot of grounders. I watch every at bat. <laughs> so what do you think? I, I, he, they're not pushing aside, or he needs an injury to somebody to play. Although, like if Odubel Herrera went on the injured list, I think they'd play Kingery in center okay. field. Yeah. But, um, he does look good. He, he's, for him, it's about swinging at the right pitches. Right. He was right. overpowered last season. Now he's swinging at the things he should swing at. He's not getting into 0-2 counts. I mean, again, it's early, but he's, he's hitting really nicely. And then I'll ask you the Brett Gardner hit a grand slam last night. Gardner versus Clint Fraser. Who would you rather roster? Mmm. I'd rather take what Frazier can offer in the short term. What Frazier can offer in the short term. Okay, let's look at the. Uh, that's fair. That, that, yeah. That's that's fair. Because you never know. He might he might hold down a regular job there. He could play over Gardner himself. We should all try to hold down a regular job. Uh, Thursday schedule has already started. Let me ask you about something at night. So obviously the Rockies are at home against the Phillies. Uh, Kyle Freeland. People are starting to dump him. Um, do you agree with that? In our game, yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I feel like he was going to regress to the streaming level. Okay. Uh, and what else do I want to ask you about today? So the Rockies, like I mentioned, McMahon, Dahl. You can have only one roster spot. Who is it? Um, I'll take Dahl. And, you know, that's kind of me going against the grain with the whole I like guys who walk. He doesn't. <laughs> Friday on ESPN Plus at night, it's uh, Justin Verlander and Drew Smiley. Um you saw what Mike Miner did the other day, a second yep. shutout. We've had two shutouts already this week. The other was Herman Marquez, who we didn't talk about on Monday's show. We love Marquez. I think if I was doing rankings, Marquez would be in my top 20 starting pitchers. Um, Mike Miner, any interest? There's a possibility, like, there's talk, you know, who knows if that's actually true, talk that he could get traded to a National League team. Mm-hmm. Do we like Mike Miner as a starting pitcher? And that talk dates back to the offseason. I remember there was even a little bit of Phillies rumor going on with him, and I think it was valid. I think he's a a much better pitcher than people give him credit for in a tough situation with the ballpark. But at the very least, I think there's a lot of high-end streaming opportunities for him this year. Uh, You know, the Phillies made an odd move this week. Uh, I didn't think it was they had it in them. Nick Pavetta, who was such a sleeper for everybody because his FIP is always better than his ERA, was demoted after four just bad starts. I mean, they scored 10 in the first inning against the Mets, and he's giving up homers in the second and the third. He's demoted. He wasn't happy. Jared Eikhoff, who got a four-inning save, will start Sunday at Coors Field. You don't want to use him for that. But I do like Eikhoff. A couple of years ago, he was a durable guy. He got enough strikeouts to matter. Not a ton, but enough. Um, good slider. 
I I like Ikoff. I can't recommend him yet for an ESPN mixed. But what what lesson did we learn here from overrating Pavetta? That sometimes guys with the good peripheral numbers do not figure things out, which we talked about quite a bit the other day. And I'm seeing still the Ricky Nolasco comps everywhere. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. And yes, we've talked about many of the guys who go the opposite direction with their peripherals. Cal Freeland a couple of minutes ago, we talked about it, where the peripherals don't support the uh, the rotisserie stats. Pavetta is a closer. I think he's a closer. He's not a starter. Two, okay. two starting, two pitches. Uh, you know, command is fine. But just it's not the weird. place to close. He'll be in just the mix then. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see one guy getting all the saves. Um, other stuff from Friday that we want to look at here. Anybody interesting to you? Matt Strom, you still on board with Strom and Paddock? Paddock pitching Thursday, Strom on Friday. Still on board? Strom, yeah, kind of. I, I'm wary of what I've seen so far, but uh, it's a good opportunity for him. Right ballpark, right opponent. Um, what about those Red Sox starters? They're at Tampa this weekend. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez on Friday. Um, it's uh, Rick Porcello on Saturday. You're not using these guys against Tampa's offense. Are you still rostering them at all in mixed? I am, but I'm w- getting warier of Porcello and Rodriguez. Rodriguez has got to turn it around. I think he has a higher ceiling than even Porcello does. By the way, in this case, Porcello, <laughs> Porcello is one of the better uh, career histories of Tropicana Field of any pitcher. It's it's kind of unusual if you check the splits. Can't use him here anyway. I'm too too scared by that matchup in the Saturday, office. it's uh, Zach Greinke and you Darvish at Wrigley. Um, a friend of ours dumped Darvish in a keeper league different rules but still he gave up on darvish and i might have i wouldn't have done the same but i have no interest in rostering you darvish do you do you still believe because like in his last start he came back and walked four people after not walking anybody in the previous start against the marlins you shouldn't walk any marlins and then reporters asked him like what about the four walks And he's like i'm you darvish that's what he's gonna do he's gonna walk people (laughs) he knows this that's what he said (laughs) it's amazing i i have no i don't think you darvish will make 25 starts I don't think he'll have an ear on the good side of four. He'll have a lot of strikeouts, but I'm not interested. That's Nick Pavetta. I'm not interested. Okay. Uh, the ceiling's higher than Nick Pavetta's, and it always was. But that's the best case I can make for him. I, I get where you're coming from in our game, but on the per-game upside thing here and the, the fact that I like to piece my pitching together, I'll still take him in anything larger. Um, Saturday, Clayton Kershaw at Milwaukee. He's not facing the guy that, that our site says he is because he's on the injury list, but Clayton Kershaw here. First outing gives up a homer to Puig in the first inning and then nothing else. But it was interesting the way he threw a lot of off-speed pitches. I wonder if that's a way to keep him healthy. Um, we talked about buying on Kershaw, selling right away, the timing of everything. Brewers are good and Yelich hits lefties. So what do you think here? Are you, I mean, are you still, se- are you selling on Kershaw? Cause if he gets, cause of five runs of five innings, everything changes again. Yeah, I am, especially if you couple those with the velocity drop. As a matter of fact, when you say off-speed stuff, I'm thinking, are you counting his fastballs as that? Because they were 89-9 on average in this game, which is three miles per hour down beneath just two seasons ago, which was down itself at the time. Uh, he did not look like Pete Kershaw at all. But the final numbers did justify people trying to buy again. So I think maybe today is the day you cash in. You have one roster spot. Is it Jesus Aguilar, who's looked terrible, or Joey Votto, who for the first time in his long career, he's 35, hit a pop-up out to the first baseman. He had never done that before. Love that fact. Excellent. What a great stat. But yep. Votto's showing no power. Even I admit this looks bad. And Aguilar, you know, it's a bad start, but we've seen bad starts, and he had 35 home runs last year. Are you dropping either of these guys? Uh, I'm not. And if I'm forced to choose, as you asked, between them, I'm going to take Votto because when I'm picking between two guys who are off to struggling starts, I want the one with a better plate approach. Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN, it's Mac, it says Max Freed against Shane Bieber. I am a believer. I Indeed, love him. that is who it's supposed to be. So Braves uh, and Indians. And um, your thoughts here? I mean, we both agree that Bieber should be rostered in all league. What about Freed? This is a guy who's looked good so far, young lefty, throws strikes sometimes. Um, your thoughts here? <laughs> sometimes. Well, yeah, you know, that's the issue for young lefties a lot is, is, is consistency yeah. with uh, command and control. Yeah. Um, your, your thoughts on Freed here? What, what do you think? 
So I, I do like what I've seen. Fastball velocity is up a little bit, roughly a mile, full mile per hour on that one. Curveball's been pretty good so far for him. I, I think those are two pretty good pitches for him. So far, no issues as well with the off-speed stuff. And the Cleveland matchup is a favorable one. I can make the case the Freed is the better game of these two. I'm obviously taking Bieber. It's a smarter thing to do, a little bit more of a track record and better control. But it's pretty close between these two guys. And I do think Freed needs to be rostered now in every league. Uh, John Snow pitching on Game of Thrones uh, day number two at home against the Phillies and Eikhoff. You, you can't use John Gray. You, you can't use him at home. Why? I, can't, I don't think Why? you're going to use him against the Phillies. You're you such a hater of John Gray. I think my hatred of Gray is a lot more warranted than yours. Course failed against the Phillies. I get it. I, I mean, but I look. The guy's got back to back quality starts graded both on the road here. I get it. Oh, I, I'm using him in in Miami and places like that. But this is a home game. Okay. Against a good offense. I and, can't and, do it. And just to be clear on this, he's played right to what the matchup should have told you. Three road games where he was an absolute unquestioned start, and the other one against the Dodgers at home, which was the shaky, scary one, which is but what this one looks like. But that's not what he did last year, Tristan. Last year he I was know. better at home, and he was not good in either place. I'm just saying. Right, but but think of you where those them. games think of the, where those games were on the road. If it was Miller Park and the Brewers, yeah, I'd be singing a different tune here. All right, here comes a tune right after this, and then the Hash Browns. All right, Kyle. Should be lots of questions here. Let's uh, let's have Tristan answer them so they can win their leagues. Yeah, we got plenty. Joe wants to know if there's any players that were drafted in the majority of leagues that you're now comfortable dropping. You touched on you, Darvish, earlier. Anybody else of that ilk? Yeah, I mean, I guess Darvish was drafted in pretty much every league, right? I mean, he was like a 15th round pick. I want to look and make yep. sure I get that right. Mm-hmm. I, I just, if you drafted Darvish, you're not dropping him yet. I'm just saying, like, I've got, I have a share of Darvish somewhere, and I, I never use him. And if I'm never going to use the guy and I need the bench space, I'm going to give up at some point. But, like, I'm not dropping Votto. I'm not dropping Aguilar. Those would seem like obvious guys. Uh, I'm trying to see here on the top 50 of ESPN's ADP if there's anybody that is being dropped. And they're all still at 97% or above. And these people overreact. So, um, Darvish, not- by the way, was 148 and he was rostered in 92% of leagues. 15th still. round pick. Like, Nick Castellanos was the number 51 pick. He's down to 93% roster because he hasn't played in, like, a week. But uh, he's not dropping Castellanos. No. I mean, uh, who else here from the top 100? There's nobody. There's nobody in the top. You can't cover the top. I mean, unless Clavenger, but that's injury. Right. That's the only way in which I think we can make a case for a top 100 guy. I think that, that 150, which is where Darvish was, is where we need to begin having the conversation. And, again, that's that's just our game, the 10 standard. Aguilar, Aguilar might be first. He's the number 90 pick, but I wouldn't drop him yet. You know, what first baseman, like, it's not like you're picking up Pete Alonso here. Right, so, right. No, I mean, I just, I don't see it. And by the way, Vlad Guerrero, the number 87 pick, he was top 50 before um, we knew about the oblique injury. Don't be shocked if Vlad's up this weekend. I mean, he had a monster home run the other day. I don't know where it was, Paul Tucker or something. It's embarrassing. Right. He should be in the major leagues. I bet he's up any day. If somehow Vlad Guerrero is available in your league, Go get him yeah. now. My theory for you is that uh, when they get home from the Oakland West Coast trip this weekend, Monday is an off day. It's the perfect time to promote him for a homestand that includes Giants games. They could sell some tickets 24 hours in advance. Jose Peraza is down to 72%. That's the only guy in the top 120 so far that I've seen that is not injury-related. He's not stealing bases. He's batting mm-hmm. seventh. Yeah, I could make that case to drop him, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and and that's going to tie to what exactly you're replacing him with. I'm not I'm not adding Tim Beckham for him. For example, I mean, Beckham's probably rostered in too many leagues at this stage. But I'm not making moves like that. That's a little too too brash. All right, fair enough. What's next? Oh, Braun. Why are you dropping Ryan Braun? Uh, you're really dropping Ryan Braun? Yeah. I don't agree with that. No, not necessarily. But I'm just I'm going down to the the lower tiers. When, once I get I mean, past 150, I'm thinking Ryan Braun. About you know is going to miss 30 games, and I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. But like. I'm now I'm looking at the most drop list, and it's all injuries except and Pavetta. At least you're seeing you're dropping. Okay, I'm fine with that. Urias, um, any hitters? Marwin. Okay, so of the hitters being dropped that aren't hurt, um, the first one is Marwin Gonzalez. Now, if you've drafted Gonzalez, you probably did so because he's eligible at all four infield spots. He hasn't hit yet. Mm-hmm. Why are you giving up on Marwin Gonzalez? Because Sano's coming back. I don't 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 drop him. Right. Well, I think it's because the playing time in a specific role in one spot is not as assured. People were locking in on him being the everyday third baseman. Well, he's not going to do what he did two years ago. It's going to be more like last year, people. 
Um, Peraza can still t- steal 25 bases, even if he bats seventh. And yeah, Cerrone can go. still do that. I'll I'll take the Peraza share. It's like I'm not ready for that yet. Peraza and Inciarte are, are both being cut in a lot of leagues. Inciarte is not batting leadoff anymore. Actually, though, I, I I will admit I've not checked the playing time situation with Jose Martinez. Well, now that, he's playing right field every day. You yeah, left yeah. Field. But but when they have a full healthy team here, how exactly does that shake out? Uh, although it's also being dropped, Kyle Schwarber because he's not hitting. Jackie Bradley. People thought he would have a great year. It's not happening. Ian Desmond. Look, if you drafted Ian Desmond, you probably should stick him, keep him around. He's a 2020 guy. He's we going to play. Zanino. Zanino was drafted in 75%. People are dropping Williams Astadio because he had a bad week. They're dropping Billy Hamilton. Christian Walker now being dropped. Chris Taylor. We're having a couple places. Miguel Cabrera. Mm-hmm. Would you give up on Miguel Cabrera? Not showing no extra base prowess at all. Mm, I would drop him before I would Aguilar. For some reason, I don't have a percentage on him, and I don't know why that is. I might have mistakenly deleted it. He's a 70%. No, I mean from the draft percentage. It had to have been considerably higher than that. But at 150, he's probably in that, that range. I'm not cutting him yet, but he's in that range. All right, what's next, Kyle? You mentioned Vlad Jr. earlier, and Dominic wants to know if you're treating his impending trip to the MLB much like you were Kershaw as he debuted the other day. Oh, no. That well, that and if you're selling high to capitalize on the hype that is killing AAA Buffalo. Yeah, my stance is, and I've had this forever, is that a player's value drastically changes the first time he plays. Completely That's why agree. Kershaw new car off the lot. Absolutely, like, but Kershaw pitched well, so his value probably went up a little. But I don't think it should have. Nothing's changed. We're still worried about his not only his performance but his health. And the first time he gets lit up, which could be this weekend in Milwaukee against a good team, everything changes. Now, if Vlad comes up and does a uh, Eloy Jimenez for the first two weeks, yes, it drastically changes his value. But this guy, he comes guaranteed, I think. I think Vlad, if you said right now, Vlad's up this weekend, okay, and I had to write a story saying, all right, what numbers does he put up? What would you trade him for? Mm -hmm. Like, I have him, like, just outside the top 25 hitters for the rest of the season if he comes up this weekend. I Mm -hmm. I love him that much. I yeah. think he'd be a monster over Castellanos, over Eugenio Suarez, over Anthony Rizzo, like maybe over Juan Soto. I think Vlad is guaranteed, and Kershaw's not. Well, nobody's an absolute guarantee, but I do admire the the upside here because I think he fits that description in a way that no previous prospect did necessarily. Uh, for me, it's if you're going to get an unquestioned top 25 fantasy baseball talent, period, no disputing whatsoever for him, then I'm going to cash in that chip if it's a redraft league. Granted, different dynasty leagues. But beyond that, otherwise, it's the same lesson we're learning with the Alberto Mondesi from the preseason. It's that if people it's all value relative to true projections and expectations. If somebody is giving you top 25 overall talent for players like this, then by all means, cash in the chip. If they're giving you something that's questionable as a top 50, I'm standing pat. I'd rather take the chance on that upside. I think case, Mondesi, you, it's the case with Guerrero. If you drafted Guerrero, you're not trading him. I don't know what you would what what would it take to trade Vlad. I mean, you've waited for him this long. But if you've well, got like Kershaw, Soto is mentioned, would you take Soto over Guerrero the rest of the yep. season? Right. Well, now, now, in fairness here, there is a, a difference between the Roto and the points leagues. If it's points leagues, it's absolutely unquestionably Soto over Guerrero. Why? Because uh, we think, I mean, obviously so the walks. walks. Yeah. But the I mean, also approach. Vlad's not going to strike out and right. Vlad's going to hit for more power. And I think a higher batting average than Soto. So I, I, okay. I don't know if it's such a cut and dry thing here. Soto over Vlad. Okay. All right. All right. I question. I'm being a little too extreme on it, but I do think Soto based on what he has in the tank already is going to, you know. All right. But, but the fact the we're even <laughs> discussing this so in depth tells right. you that Vlad is a monster player. Like a third round pick, potentially worst. monster player. Oh, he's gonna we be should monster. clarify. He's potentially a monster player. Again, you and I are picking on a guy that we have watched who we believe is singularly. Uh, I hate using unique as the example as a prospect. He's special. He, he has that it factor. When we saw Mike Trout in my in the minor leagues, we did not think he was this special. Oh. We thought he was going to be a fantastic player, but he wasn't going to be at the level he is. You just, Vlad could you just be Miguel Cabrera. Discussion now. Vlad could be Miguel Cabrera as a kid for the next ten years. Okay, Miguel and Cabrera is a Hall of Fame player. That, that also taints. The- 
You just picked two examples that completely tainted the Guerrero debut, debut now. Miguel Cabrera batted, I think it was 260 with 12 home runs in his first year in the majors, and Trout was awful his first year in the majors. You think Vlad's going to be awful? No, but but you're using two comps that just support the argument against him. I, I fully agree with you that I think the sky's the limit for this kid. But, Sky's the limit also for Dollar Shave Club. I love that Dollar Shave Club has everything I need to look, feel, and smell my best. What I love even more is the fact that I never have to go to a store. And that's because DSC delivers everything I need right to my door. And also, they keep me fully stocked on what I use so I don't run out. Here's how it works. Dollar Shave Club has everything you need to get ready no matter what you're getting ready for. They have you covered to- head to toe for your hair, your skin, your face. You name it, they have it. And they have this new program where they automatically keep you stocked up on the products you use. You determine what you want and when you want it, and it shows up right at your door from once a month to once every six months. And that's what I do with their toothpaste. How often do you have to set up and get the toothpaste at the store? Well, I don't have to do that with DSC. Never run out. They always send it to me. And my mouth feels so clean since I started using their toothpaste. Fresh breath. Uh, peppermint flavor. It lasts a long time. It's really cool stuff. Plus, with their handsome discount, the more you buy, the more you save. So right now, they've got a bunch of starter sets you can try for just $5, like their oral care kit. And after that, the restock box ships regular size products at regular price. So what are you waiting for? Get your starter set for just $5 right now at dollarshaveclub.com slash FFB. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash FFB. All right, Kyle. Someday when you start shaving, you'll understand what it's like to enjoy the products <laughs> from a company like Dollar Shave Club. But you can use their – I assume you brush your teeth. So I you do can use that. Their I toothpaste. use their toothpaste. Once I got my tongue off that pole, I used some toothpaste. We were in a great spot. Wow. Once I got my t- – oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wow. Man. That wasn't even me. That was Kyle. Did you hear what he just said? I and he, Dop, he has no idea what he just said. Doesn't get it. Doesn't we get it. We can save that forever. He's such head. a sweet – just a sweet little baby is he, of though? a man is what is he, he is. Is he, though? The dark side of Kyle Soppy. We just heard it. Well, I was wow. getting thrown under the bus on Monday from what I heard. <laughs> wow. I don't think we did that. Who did that? I don't think we did that either. Uh, something about Kyle's not a hateful guy, but. <laughs> but. That's all Doc. That wasn't me. <laughs> the title of, yes, of, of uh, Monday's podcast was for Kyle, so. There you go. So, that was, well, that's a problem. Side. Okay. <laughs> all right, back to the questions. <laughs> the que- seamless, wait, questions? Oh, what? Yeah, seamless transition. Thomas wants to know if you could rank Sale, Nola, and Kluber for him the rest of the way. He's a little confused at the top of the pitching tier. Yeah, those guys haven't been good. And, uh, you know, watching Nola, man, he doesn't look the same. He looked, This is how he looked a couple years ago, and then he was just hurt playing through injury. I hope that's not the case because Jared Eikhoff's not replacing Aaron Nola. I think the only one of these three that concerns me is Kluber. Uh, we, were, we had concerns in the offseason about Kluber. All the innings over the years, uh, the velocity was down last September. With Sale, I still think he's kind of working back into shape. People don't realize when you play deep into October or November, it affects not really – it affects your off season, your prep, your your time like for your arm to heal. That's one less month. Um, I think Sale's kind of working back into shape, but he can still fake it and be great. I think Noel will be fine. I would rank them Sale, Nola, Kluber just like that. Kluber would be like my number 12 starting pitcher right now. Noel will be like 10. I still have sale like at number five. Is that fair? Yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time finding the individuals to put ahead of them, but I don't feel as good about them in the overall rankings. Uh, and I like the order you're going with here. I have been concerned about Chris Sale having watched a good amount of him up to this point, but I really like your point about the working up to full strength. And in his defense, even though he did not seem to have command against the Yankees the other day, the velocity in the fastball was up. It did show a stepladder improvement, which is a plus. Fair enough. Next. Alrighty. Ricky wants you to rank the following and discuss your favorite of the group. He's got Donaldson, Miggy, and Franco. Josh Donaldson, Miguel Cabrera, and Miguel Franco. Franco. Uh, well, Cabrera is concerning me, just like Vado. They're not driving the ball anymore. Is it age? Is it health? Um, I, I recommended both these guys all winter, and I feel kind of silly doing that because they just look terrible. Now I'm not giving, I'm not dropping them yet. But of this, Donaldson yeah. to me hits 260 with 25 home runs. I think he, he doesn't play more than 140 games. He's not the same player he was in Oakland or Toronto. Miguel Franco, he, they continue to bat him eighth, even when they're like moving other people around at other spots and they just leave him alone. But 
I don't see him keeping this up, obviously. So, um, but 25 home runs for Franco might be as many as Donaldson with the same batting average. I would rank them Donaldson, Cabrera, Franco for now. But, man, Cabrera, I mean, I don't know how much longer I'm going to wait on Cabrera. He's different than Votto. I actually would have him in the same order that you do, and I am i don't feel so good about it either. It's kind of like the last one where we could throw darts for either of these two questions. I think that it's pretty close between them. Donaldson, I'm going to defend with a couple of things that if you dig into the underlying metrics and StatCast specifically here, the exit velocity is quite good, and so is his hard hit rate. So everything suggests he's been underperforming because of a lot of bad luck. And That's I fair. Think I think that does kind of give him defense here. It, it means that his ceiling is still clearly higher than Franco's. Oh, I totally agree with that. I just I don't see Franco hitting above like 280 and hitting 30 plus home runs out of the number eight spot all season long, and I don't see them moving him up either. So I think it's he's a very streaky player, and it's so far it's been good. The Cabrera one, by the way, the K rate being up, he is showing some loss of quality contact, and the K rates up. Okay. Right, we've got a last question here. He wants to know if you can, if you prefer Pablo Lopez or would you rather roll the dice on Michael Soroka, who debuts today, probably right now? Uh, Soroka has had injury problems in the past. Tristan, he's a Canadian kid. We know somebody pretty well who drafted him in a league and, and waited and waited. The problem is, I think this is just one start. Um, Lopez has been disappointing. I expected more out of Pablo Lopez. I think you did as well. We both mm-hmm. recommended him. But I, I have him on benches until further notice. I'd probably use Soroka today, but if I had to drop Lopez, I wouldn't do that. I would keep Lopez rostered. Do you agree? Yeah, well, the context of the league is going to tie to this one because I'll, I mean, I'm not bothered with losing Lopez in the standard game. But if it's deeper, I think Lopez's role is a lot more assured. I think that the Marlins are, well, maybe not a lot more because he's struggling, but this is a one-shot deal for Soroka. They're going to get Mike Fultonavich back next week. He's, this is just to buy him another rehab start in the minors. Uh, and you said the injury question. I love Soroka's uh, control and the fact that he gets an extreme ground ball weight. Uh, wait. <laughs> Who's Great. a comp for Soroka? You're right. He's a ground baller. I don't expect a ton of strikeouts. I was trying to comp him. Kind of Stroman-esque. Okay, that's a perfect comp. That's a, that's a, Yeah, that's a good comp. But the, but the control, I think, is a little bit sharper for him. It's just the durability is going to be a question. Yeah, and Atlanta's got a lot of moving parts here. I mean, do you like Tuki Toussaint? Do you like Fultonevich coming back? Are you worried about injury there? Kyle Wright, I assume, will get another chance soon. Mm-hmm. Like, they have, like, eight starting pitchers here to think about, <laughs> which is weird. And no no, no real bullpen, really. So Yeah, Fulte's struggles with getting back to full strength bother me. So I, I, I'm concerned that regression is going to hit him pretty hard this season. Uh, Toussaint, love the stuff. And the control's been improved. I, I think right. there's a lot of upside there. Yeah, no, I do. I like Tucson a lot. And, and Dansby Swanson looks great so far, that trade. Man, you look at trades like the Pittsburgh-Tampa trade with Archer and now this ridiculous Atlanta-Arizona trade with Swanson looking looking like a star. And Tucson, it's amazing how the people in fantasy don't want to make trades like that because they don't want to look bad. You know? Remember like, how they got Tucson? Yeah, he was just like a throw-in because of money. Like, they needed to open up, right? Wasn't it like... They sold... Uh, yeah, he was effectively sold as a prospect so that Bronson Arroyo's contract could get dumped off. Oh, so dumb. I mean, you... Look, I've well, never... Well, it's, it's dumb if you're not trying to unload the money to get a better player. But they there didn't was, do There that. was a great story with the Mets <laughs> recently where somebody had theorized on that, doing that in order to get Dallas Keuchel onto the Mets. If that's what you're doing, I get it. I guess. By the way, I've cut Kimbrough and Keiko in leagues. I'm... Enough. They're not even if they sign today. They're not pitching for another month. You're getting two thirds of a season at best. And I'm, I don't, I'm wondering that in my AL only league uh, about keeping either. I those wouldn't two cut guys. them there. I, that there you keep. Right, right. But it's tough. But, it's actually tough with the bench space. You're right. But in a standard mix, you move on. And because I mean, yes, Kimber will probably only sign if he gets trillions of dollars and if he's a closer. I don't know what he wants, but I know that teams don't want to give it to him, or else they would have already done it. There's several contenders that could use that really the whole NL East, except for one team. All right, right. any more questions? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I think we're good. I think Kyle said unless do we no, have no, Kyle just more? leave? Kyle just left. Kyle didn't leave. He didn't go anywhere. We've got <laughs> time for lunch. What? What do we got, Kyle? Jeez, Kyle, come on. 
What's what? wrong with him? Okay, Thursday. so you skipped the Monday show, and now he's not even paying attention to the Thursday <laughs> he's show. Attention. I can put, yeah. This is all about losing his tongue in that childhood. Yeah, that's what it, it was is. A <laughs> tragic event. <laughs> Tristan touched on that a little bit earlier. Matt wanted to know if Tim Anderson was bona fide or bona facio hitting 424 with four homers this year. Still have that drop? Probably. I yeah. don't think so. That was a different show. Oh. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Bona fide. Bona facio. No, I go back and I look at Emilio Bonifacio starts, and it was—it's uh, unbelievable that story. Uh, yes, uh, he was an interesting player back in the day. Uh, we're not old enough to know that. Um, Tim Anderson, other than when then he gets uh, pitches thrown at his tush, I mean he's he's off to a good start, but one walk, twelve strikeouts. I don't think we need to even say more. He's going to drop like 150 batting average points. A career 260 hitter. No. If you if if you've got him, you sell. But he did have twenty homers and twenty six steals last year while batting two forty. That he can do again. He can absolutely do that again. But he's going to go through through like a two for forty stretch at some point. People when yep. pitchers just stop throwing at him and start throwing him curveballs off the outside of the plate or sliders that he can't catch up to. Chase rates forty one percent, forty percent, forty percent going forward from twenty seventeen. You're dead on. He's his three year average. He is his three year average. Aren't we all, Tristan? Aren't we all? I strive to be my three-year average. How many leagues have you won in the last three years? Like 30? 40? Mm, no. Does Come the on. Don't, don't, don't how many, exaggerate how many, how do we here. go here? I, let's, I have, well, let's have facts and accuracy here. Come on. Why would we want to do that on this show? <laughs> why is that important to you? All right. This show's going on long <laughs> enough. We do have a fact about tomorrow that I'm terrified by. Oh, Tomorrow's a scary sure. day for us. You have to admit. Are you? I hope you're prepared. I don't even know what you're talking about. With our vampire legs, we need to be really concerned about National Garlic Day. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's next level analysis. That really is. Facts, people. Facts. How how do you think he wins 30 leagues if he's not looking into stuff like this? That's how he wins. That's That's how he does it. I calculated in my early week projections that I knew Friday would be a down day, so I set up my lineup for all the other six. Speaking of Tristan, I put in an uh, order on uh, Tristan's... uh, Donut, donut and t-shirt emporium and I'm still waiting to get that tracking number. <laughs> Somebody had a picture of it. On that was so beautiful. Good. Thank you. Yes. I, actually, I gotta, I gotta retweet that out right now. Where That's pretty that? funny. Yeah, Kyle missed that. <laughs> I don't remember how it. we got there, but I don't know how we get anywhere on this show. I don't know. I'm sorry to everybody whose orders I'm behind on. I'll get them out today. <laughs> <laughs> it was about Dop reading the questions and not knowing the players and. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. My least... slogan, donuts extra late, extra lazy. Kyle, next time you're lazy and miss your show, I want you to put in a question of a player who retired 40 years ago. Don't do it, Kyle. Don't do it. Don't do it. You got it. Don't do it. Who are you going to listen to, me or him? Kyle. Who do you think? We'll see you next time I'm out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like... Is Blake, is Blake Wheeler a sell high? Yeah, he's, he's on Winnipeg. I like that better. I'm just going to combine names. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Rusty Wallace is coming out of the bullpen. Wow. I'll tell you what. <laughs> he's the new Atlanta closer. Will this hot streak keep up? Oh, so good. I don't know why we're getting silly, but uh, that, that means it's time to go. Time to eat lunch. Thank you so much for listening to our little show. We really do appreciate it. We should be back on Monday, as long as none of the bosses are listening. Uh, by the way, on Thursday's Baseball Tonight, Buster talks to Keith Law about the fracas between the White Sox and the Royals, plus CC Sabathia stops by to talk about the Yankees riding the ship against the struggling champs. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. That is all for today. For Kyle and his tongue, for Daniel and his tats, and for Tristan and his new fantasy emporium, I am Eric. Please have an awesome weekend, and happy Easter. Everything is awesome. Donuts. <laughs> I you know, I never remember what your emporium is. That's why I can't say it. Donuts and t-shirts. Donuts Essential. and t-shirts. My donut and t-shirt emporium. <laughs>